What is up, everybody, and welcome to the Joe Kilgallen Podcast, aka Kilgallen's Pub. I'm your host, stand-up comedian, handsome son of a bitch, let's be honest, Joseph Matthew Kilgallen. Yes, you got the full name. It's good to be back podcasting. I just slammed a Dr. Pepper Zero. Zero, because I'm getting a little bit of a gut. Got to watch it, but I needed the caffeine. Recording this late on a Tuesday night, so it's ready for you on a Wednesday. I almost skipped it. I was at a point where I'm like, I am so fucking tired. It's going to be shit podcast, and I just got, I got a shot of life in me, and I'm ready to go for you. Ready to go. As always, I like to start off every podcast with a little bit of gratitude. Big shout out to all the Patreon subscribers. You all are amazing. Love you so much. You get a special thanks on my comedy special that will be coming out one of these days. Who knows when? Hopefully soon. Um, also, anyone who subscribes to my YouTube channel, spread the word. Uh, the YouTube channel's got some momentum going again, which is nice to see. I don't know. YouTube algorithms every now and then it's just, just says to people, hey, check out this funny son of a bitch. And people go, you know what? Let's click on this motherfucker. And it's just good times had by all, hopefully. Um, TikTok, you follow me there. Instagram Reels, wherever the fuck it may be. Um, really looking to put in the work uh, this summer because uh, I want to have a kick-ass year. I want to finish out 2023 strong. We are in June. We are halfway through the year almost. So, um, yeah, you know what I mean? Let's, let's step it up a notch, right? Let's start uh, Let's start eating better. Let's, uh, let's still drink a lot, though, because it is summer, wherever you may be. Um, Unless you're just someone who's like, I don't drink. I could have fun without it. And then to you, I say, look at you, you little show off. Huh? You mean you don't need alcohol to have a good time? Wow. Must be great to be you. Tell us more about how you could walk on water. Son of a bitch. And no, I respect that. I respect it very much. I had myself a hell of a great weekend. Got to watch my little sister get married. Congratulations to Colleen and Dalton. It was an awesome wedding. So much fun. I was one of the last people standing. I was proud of myself. Because, you know, I went in with a game plan. I knew with any sibling wedding, you always want to be one of the last ones standing. Uh, meaning, like, you're still partying when everyone else is about sleeping. So what I did was, early on, I, I kind of paced myself. Not with drinking so much, but, like, with my energy. To the point where a few people were like, you okay? I'm like, yeah, I'm great. I'm just easing into it. You know, I know... There's a lot of, you know, with weddings, because the ceremony and everything's like timed out just right. People can get, even people without responsibility, random groomsmen, random bridesmaids, they could get sucked up in it. So I was making sure I was like taking it easy, you know, walking a little bit slower, just kind of, you know, taking in the sights and sounds, appreciating everything around me. And because of that, I feel like I maintained a lot of energy toward the end of the night. Because on most nights, Especially, I, I had to be up by, what time was I up? I was up at 7 a.m. And I went till 4. And I had, a, I had a, I, I went strong, too. It's not like I was fading. It's not like anybody was like, man, he's fading over there. I was going hard. I, I smoked three quarters of a cigar. Dude, I clocked in. I clocked in and I showed up. But it was a gorgeous wedding. A lot of fun. Great dancing. Um, some just beautiful moments. Uh, not to get sentimental. Maybe I'll get sentimental on the Patreon. Um, but it was fun. It was a lot of fun. Here's what I've noticed though. I had, I had some observations while it was happening. Maybe I'm wrong on this, but party buses, there was a party bus for the bridal party. I had a great time on it. Such a great time on it. And while I was on it, I'm like, man, I like party buses. This is awesome. Someone else is doing the driving. We get to play music and you always got to play music. People could sing along with that's, that's the deal. You don't want to be one of those nerds where it's like, hey, I got a deep cut. It's like, no, this isn't the time or place for that. 
You play shit that's poppy that everyone knows the words to. It just makes for a, a better scene, right? Party buses are one of those things, though, that while you're on them, you're like, this is great. You should do it more often. But when you're not on them, you're like, look at those fucking assholes. <laughs> you know what I mean? I don't know why. Every time I've seen, like, maybe trolleys are more like this. I don't know what city you guys are listening from, but in Chicago, especially in the summer, we've got these trolleys, so it's open air. And you just see all these jerk-offs, just these jag-offs, just fucking hanging out the window, especially dudes. Girls, it's, it doesn't bother me as much. I like women better, I suppose. But these guys be like, fucking hell, dude! Like, they're just, like, leaning out the trolley, and you're like, I hope this guy fucking falls out. I really do. That would make for a great scene as I'm standing on the street, you're talking to people, and they're throwing up. You know what I mean? That's, like... Because there's certain events where if you're not part of the party, you're naturally going to be a little bit like, I don't like that. You know, um, I got that way with New Year's Eve for a while because I was, I still think New Year's Eve is overrated, but I feel like if I'm at a good New Year's Eve party, I have the feeling of, it's not bad. New Year's Eve is fine. It's a good time. But if I'm not, I'm like, fuck that. It's amateur hour. I don't want to be out with any of those people. But if the party bus, I remember I had such a great time on it and I'm like, this is perfect. And then I have had flashbacks to me being like, look at those douchebags just fucking hating on it. And you hate it because you're not part of it. You're jealous. And um, it's like when you hang out with your friends, uh, you know, this is going to be an alcohol heavy podcast. I'm going to explain how the mind works when you're on booze. You ever show up to a party sober and everyone's like six beers in and you're like, okay, I'm either going to leave angry or I'm going to have to really catch up because I'm annoyed by everyone right now. You know, everyone's talking a little slurred. They're bumping into you constantly. That's the thing drunk people do where they're bumping into you. And then and then you kind of just be like, all right, all right. They, they sense you backing away because they close talk you. They get up in your ear. You're backing away a little. And they go, oh, what, what is it? What did I do? What, what is it? You know, and you're just like, no, it's fine. You're just, you're on a different level than me right now. I was like, oh, I'm just trying to have fun. I'm just trying. I'm, I'm having fun. And I think you're not having fun. Maybe you should. Have you thought about having some Marvan? Like they do that talk kind of talk. And so you're either going to be like, all right, I'm going to pound a bunch of shots right now so I can catch up to you, but I might pass you. But either way, this isn't going to work. You just know, like you're like this dynamic of everyone else being on a, on a healthy buzz and me being um, sober. This isn't going to work for anybody right now. So that's when you have to make tough choices in life. Uh, but that's exactly what the party bus is. That's what a lot of like big events are. Um, hanging out with a group of people is a lot, a lot of fun. It really is. And I haven't done it like that in quite a while. I still hang out with groups, but, um, not to that extent. So it was a really good thing to be part of. Um, and yeah, I was, I, I think I did it right with the wedding. I, I was very like, you know, I'm just going to keep it chill as much as possible early going, not waste any energy. See, when you get older, you know what I mean, guys, I'm not far from 40, you know? I got a couple years and I'm going to be over that hump. So when you get up in my age, you know, you got to really use all the wisdom you've acquired as a heavy drinker for quite a while. And you got to know how to play it. You know what I mean? You got to, you got to just, I'm not a country music fan. I don't even know if this is a Toby Keith song, but I think it is. Uh, I'm not as good as I once was, but once I could be as good as I ever was. Like that's, that's a good one. You kind of have to look into it like that. Um, but that's actually, I don't know who wrote that lyric. I feel like he ripped that off of someone else. Because isn't there a song that's like, I love you more today than yesterday. But darling, not as much as tomorrow. 
Uh, I can't sing, of course, but I feel like that's basically Toby Keith kind of took the sentiment of that song and turned it into that. Uh, yeah, you just have to, you know, you don't have to drink harder. You have to drink smarter. That should be a bumper sticker. Everyone says, don't work harder, work smarter. Don't drink harder, drink smarter. That's the key right there. And I played with fire. I played with some fucking fire. Let me tell you this. The whole beer before liquor, never been sicker. I was doing, I, you have to start with beer. We we're going hard with uh, American domestic beer. And then I was switching to mixed drinks at the wedding. I was, I, was, I went right to Jameson and ginger ale. And I, that's a dangerous thing. But then sometimes I'm like, is it though? Is it? And I thought to myself, yeah, because Joe, you've definitely thrown up from nights like that. But was I going to throw up anyway? Because I just had too much carbonation from all the beer. And then the liquor didn't have anything to do with anything. You know, sometimes we just follow like life advice because it rhymes. Think about that. Rhymes could be dangerous in that sense. You know, beer before liquor, never been sicker. I worked out fine for me this past weekend. Here's another one. Happy wife, happy life. Is this true? What if making your, what if, what if abusing you makes your wife happy? You're going to let your wife abuse you all the time? Are you going to be like, well, it's the rhyme. The rhyme told me happy wife, happy life. My wife likes kicking me in the nuts. So I guess I got to do it. That like, no, that's not the case. It's a cute little rhyme, but it does not work. An apple a day keeps the doctor away. That one sounds just, that sounds pretty good. You know what I mean? Unless you're diabetic and you're going too hard on these apples and they got a natural sugar in them. But even that's, it's a natural sugar. You need some sugar unless you're diabetic. Maybe you don't. I don't know anything about diabetes. I'm now realizing as I'm talking out of my ass right here. But here's the thing. It's okay to admit you don't know shit. That's the thing that's been going on. I, I got caught up. I got caught up on what's going on on Twitter. Huh? Joe Rogan had RFK Jr. on who I... Call me crazy, but this Bobby Kennedy Jr. guy, I think he's got some daddy issues. Just putting it out there. That's the vibe I got from him. Uh, <laughs> I don't I don't know. I didn't hear the podcast. I don't have time for this stuff. I've got people who love me. Uh, it was something about him saying a bunch of stuff, and the doctors were like, you're talking out of your ass. And then Rogan was like, fucking debate him then. And then the guy's like, no, I'm not going to debate him because he's fucking an idiot, and that's just not what we do. Uh, we don't. And I, I understand that to a to a point because there are some things that I just hit the microphone, shaking the camera as well. Excuse me, very unprofessional. But there are some things that you don't by having both people on the same stage, it makes it seem like both opinions are valid and they're just trying to find like a middle ground. I don't know. Um, but I definitely think so. I can totally understand a scientist. Like, what if someone out there who's is saying, like, you know, um, fucking shaking hands uh is what leads to alzheimer's and we should stop shaking hands and every doctor's like where did you pull that shit from there's no science behind it there's no peer review studies there's no anything there's no tests where why are you saying that and it's like why don't we have a proper debate and it's like no you're a fucking idiot i'm a doctor who have, has a lot of important things to do i'm not going to debate every moron who challenges me to a debate so i, I get that um so, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. What the fuck. I don't even know why I brought it up. I, I haven't studied it enough. I haven't watched it enough. And I don't know if I care enough to. I'm just trying to have fun on a podcast and keep things uh, enjoyable and light. And every now and then I feel like I've got a little nugget of wisdom. I could chuck your way that I'm going to chuck it. Uh, but it's definitely one of those things where I think it's OK to I think that was the original point I was trying to make. It's OK to be like, I don't know uh, that, that clip of Bill Burr when he was on Rogan middle of the pandemic. I want to say it wasn't at the start of things, but it was definitely like, you know. Maybe we were about almost a year into it still or nine months into it. 
And Rogan says something like, do you wear a mask when you're walking around in public or something? Or when you go for a walk? And then Bill just says, don't don't start this shit right now. He's like, no, no, let's start it. And he's like, I'm not going to sit here with no medical degree talking to you with mo- no medical degree with American flag behind you, smoking a cigar, pretending like we know more than the CDC or whatever the hell he said to end the rant. You know, it's it's one of those things, though, too, where I am not a big pharma fan. I've never been a fan of it, but I was never a fan of big pharma because what they do is they acquire drugs that were funded with taxpayer money. A lot of these like breakthrough drugs were funded with grants. Like the American taxpayer, our government gives grants to these scientists, depending on their research, because they go, oh, that'll benefit society. That's what taxes are supposed to be used to benefit society, right? And they would come up with it, but then the pharmaceutical companies are able to buy it. So instead of the pill costing a fucking nickel a person, they jack it up to like 300 bucks a person, totally fucking over people. And I just don't know how that's legal. Oh, I do know how that's legal. We have these things called lobbyists, right? So they pay off your Congress people by donating money to their campaigns. So your congressmen, men and women don't actually work for you. They work for the pharmaceutical lobby. That's what it is. It's not a hard thing to figure out. So as much as I hate the pharmaceutical lobby for their crookedness there, I still trust the doctors and the scientists because every one of them I've known, like I know them in real life. I'm related to doctors. I'm related to nurses. So when shit goes down, I ask them their honest to God opinion. And unless there's a massive conspiracy where they all have chips in their brains and someone sends out a signal and they all link up and have their lies in unity, I'm not going to go for it. You know what I mean? It's one of those things where you could start, you could kind of tell who knows anyone in life or you ever talk to someone where you're like, oh, you don't know a mechanic. You need to make friends with a mechanic, like stuff like that. So sometimes when I hear people talk out of their ass about stuff, I'm like, okay, you need to meet a doctor and a nurse. And it's clear you don't know any. Because if you knew any, you would at least fucking have some sympathy for it or at least have some idea uh, behind all this shit. Um, I mean, again, like I don't have a medical degree. I'm not going to talk on my ass about this, but I definitely know people who died of COVID. And if they were vaccinated, it would be alive because it would have been weaker symptoms. And everyone knew the fucking COVID strains were going to change all the time, just like flu strains change all the time, which is why you need a new flu shot every fucking year. Uh, but I still think there's people who are just really pissed off that it's an unbelievable thing that they couldn't imagine, even though it happened, it happened in fucking 1918, 1919. And I'll, here's a fun fact for you guys. I'm a Chicago Cubs fan in 1918, the Spanish flu hit after that season, the, one of the, the, the Cubs were owned by several people at the time, several owners, one of which is guy, Charlie Wiegman, who owned restaurants, movie theaters, and pool halls all around Chicago. Big bucks that guy was making. Another owner was Armor Meats. Another owner was Sears Roebuck. Those three lost tons of money. Why? Because of the Spanish flu. People weren't going to restaurants. They weren't going to bars. They weren't going to pool halls. They weren't going to movie theaters. They weren't going to Sears for retail. And Armor Meats couldn't sell meats to restaurants because they were closed. That's what it was. People weren't going out. And here we are. A little over 100 years later, it happened again. And that and the people who don't know history thought, "There's how the fuck has this ever happened? America never would have stood for that. We did stand for it. We did. It happened before. And people thought it sucked, but they stayed inside anyway to the best they could. Um, and it was probably like the way I got a nose here that's killing me, by the way, right now. So it's really like I'm sniffing like a cokehead. It's like doing one of those things. So, yeah, I mean, not to get all high horse, but those all all those owners, Weigman, Sears, Armor, had to sell to the other remaining owner. And they're like, hey, Joe, how come that owner didn't have to sell? That owner was Wrigley. You know Wrigley from Wrigley Gum. 
But before Wrigley Gum, it was Wrigley Soap. It started as a soap company and baking soda, baking powder, whatever you call it. And they would put in gum as a little perk with their soap. It got to the point where people were like, the soap sucks. This gum is awesome now. They would literally buy the soap, throw it away, and chew the gum. The gum was like a fruit flavor that became known as juicy fruit. So that this is all historical fact I'm telling you right now. And, it, you know, yeah, it happened again. And it sucks. And I understand... I got down during the pandemic. The first wave I thought was great because I'm like, oh, we're all grounded together. It's kind of cool. Because uh, just like it was an excuse to just be a fucking, like, grow your hair out. You know what I mean? Just be a lazy bum. Like, it's totally okay. We're all allowed to be, right? And then the second wave sucked. You know, you got a taste of things again. And you started to be like, oh, shit, I actually missed a lot of the stuff that I, I took for granted. I want to. And then you were, we were back in the world for a little bit under restrictions. You know, they wanted people separated and. You could go to bars, but they were limiting how many people could be in there, which I actually loved all that. I went to a Cubs game where they could allow no more than 10,000 people. Going to a sporting event with like only a quarter of the normal size crowd was fantastic. There was no lines for anything. You just felt like you could spread out in your row. It was great. Um, I did. I loved that. I'm not going to deny that. But then when things got locked down again, yeah, it sucked. It was real hard because you're just like, oh, this again? And it just felt like an endless cycle. But I always say this, and again, I have no problem with people questioning government. So if you want to question like CDC as a whole or any of these things, that's fine. But you need to talk to doctors and nurses. You need to respect them because most of them are doing everything they can and they put the patient first. Okay. It's a shitty system we have uh, overall, uh, especially with the pharmaceutical lobby doing what it does often. But you show, show, show some fucking respect is my point with that. And um you know, so I, I think a lot of people just mentally couldn't handle, uh, you know, being locked down again and all that kind of stuff. And they just couldn't uh, just fathom it. But I, again, I know from the people who are working hard and I will say this like this is the point I was trying to get to. I'd rather we were overly cautious than underly cautious and millions and over a million people still died, you know, um, but if, I get it. If it's no one, you know, you don't give a shit. Right. That's kind of how the world works. I mean, I think we're all guilty of that from time to time. All right. Um, I do want to talk about this. Hotels need to get their shit together. Okay. They're annoying as fuck. Uh, and this isn't my sister's wedding. This is every pretty much every wedding I've ever been to. I've been annoyed with the hotel people. Uh, they always do a thing where, uh, see, I was nice enough where uh, my stepmom had paid for the hotel room, which was really sweet of her. And then when we checked in, because we couldn't check in before the wedding. So I'm like, oh, we'll just check in afterwards. We checked in after the reception. So it was like, you know, midnight. And which, by the way, I've checked in hotels at midnight before. It, it's not a big deal, except for no one's at the desk. So you're like, <clears throat> you're making noise so that someone shows up. Guy shows up. He looked like he couldn't be bothered. Like, oh, God, I, I should do my job. One of those fucking dipshits. And he um, goes, oh, I just need a credit card. And I'm like, well, it's already paid for. He's like, uh, yeah, but I need a credit card for instant else. I remember being like, I should have trusted my instinct because my instinct was like, this is, you're going to fuck it up. And then when my wife handed it over, I was like, he's going to fuck it up. Trust me. I'm going to have to double check with him in the morning. They're going to charge both of us. That was my big fear that both people were going to get charged for the same room, two charges, one room. Um, and then in the morning when it was time to leave, I was checking out. And normally some, nowadays with hotels, you just fucking leave. You don't have to go to the desk and say, I'm leaving by you just go. And I was like, double check in here. What card are you charging this room to? And then they said my wife's card. And right away I was like, see, I, and I like out loud said, I fucking knew it. 
And I go, look, this is not on you three. Because there's like three women behind the desk. It's on that fucking dipshit you got working overnight. And I said this to him. I go, hey, I want you to yell at him when he comes in. And, and you might think like, oh, I'm yelling too hard. No, you're not yelling hard enough because he's a fucking idiot. Okay. That dipshit couldn't be. I even did an impression of him walking slowly. Like I was making a scene. I did. You know, I was making a scene because I was right. You ever, have you ever been right? And you're mad. I was half of it was me being mad at myself for not being like, no, I'm not giving you a fucking credit card. Okay. You already have one on file. You don't need another one. Give us our fucking room keys, but you don't want to be that person either. Cause then they get mad at you and be like, well, I could kick you out. Like, it's just a fucking annoying thing. And I've had this at so many hotel rooms. I'm not kidding you. At least, at least five to seven times in my life. And I stay at hotels four, no, four, I'm talking about like 10 to 12 times a year, at least, if not more. Um, I've had years where I've stayed at hotels fucking 20 to 30 times. I've had this happen so many times where I have to call them. I'm back in my hometown and say, Hey, you charged me for the room and you weren't supposed to. Okay. The comedy club puts me up in the room and you said you just needed the card for incidentals. If I wanted to order anything or as a deposit, in case I burned the damn room down. As you can see, the room is in great shape. Why the fuck did you do this? And they go, Oh, it's a mistake. We're so sorry. It'll be back in your account in two to three days. It's like awesome. And they did it to me one time where they fucked me because it was like I was I was there for like I was in Florida for like four or five days. And I think it's Florida, I can't remember where, but it doesn't matter. And it, I'm like, all right, cool. So I have $30 in my bank account until you assholes paid me back the 700 you just took out. Do you not understand how you, and it's so many times and it's a fucked up thing. And I think that's one of those things they do where you ever hear of these companies where they go, it's a free trial, but they know you're too lazy to cancel your free trial. So they'll get a few free months out of you before you finally go, fuck, I got to cancel that shit. Same thing. These hotel companies do these hotels do the same thing. They go, we'll double charge them. Maybe we'll get lucky. And then if they get mad, we'll just be like, it was an honest mistake all the fucking time. And here's another thing. Hotels, if you have a wedding party, which you know way in advance, because every wedding I've ever been to goes, you could book your hotel through this. They have a block of rooms for our guests. Every one of them, though, has a thing in which they have all the guests spread out all over the damn place. So inevitably, the people who are just there for the weekend who need to sleep, maybe they're just in town for a business trip or whatever, they're going to get woken up to a bunch of drunk people dancing, yelling, having a good time because they're at a wedding. That's what you're supposed to do after a wedding is keep the party going, having a good time, right? So now we have to listen to these nerds be going to the front desk being like, ah, they're being too noisy. And then the hotel gets mad at you. And I'm telling you, I didn't see any of the complaints from the hotel people, but I had family and friends say, yeah, a couple of them knocked on some doors and did this. I so badly want to be like, hey, for the love of fuck, why don't you idiots ever be like, hey, we have a block for your, you know, your your guests or whatever. You're all going to be on the third floor. You're all going to be in a row and we have it taken care of for you. That way, nobody else in the hotel who just happens to be in town for a jerk off convention are going to be all mad at you for making noise in the middle of the night. Why don't they do that? It would save everyone the problem. I mean, literally, I've been to 50 weddings and there's inevitably complaints from people who were like, oh, you guys are being too loud over here. Sometimes I want to be like, yeah, that's what's going to happen. We're going to be loud. You cool with that? Are you going to be upset? You're going to keep crying? You keep crying like a little bitch? How old are you? 41? You're going to cry like a little bitch over there because you can't get a little sleep out of Put the fucking TV on. Crank up the AC and drown out the noise because we're not going to stop, motherfucker. You understand me? Grab a beer, dude. Maybe a beer will help you. You ever think of that? You're not going to get any sleep anyway. Might as well have a couple cold ones and loosen the fuck up. Loosen the fuck up, right? Isn't that something we all need to remind ourselves of from time to time is to loosen the fuck up? I think so. 
I think so. Big story going on right now is that there is a submarine missing in the Atlantic around where the Titanic sank. Sunk? Sank. Sunk. I think sunk. And it's, you know, a lot of people are kind of making jokes about it, but I'm like, that's kind of horrific, actually. I don't know all the details. I do know it cost each passenger like 200 Gs to get on this thing. And the videos they're shown of the company and the submarine they went on, it looks like, how the fuck did you get in that thing? Well, even if you paid that, when you'd be like, whoa, whoa, this is not, I, for 200 grand, I should be in like a Navy submarine, something really fancy where I get to walk around and there's some entertainment, you know, some, some ribs. I want a buffet down there. You know, this looked like they were all just in a tube, um, like Steve Zissou style from the Life Aquatic, the Wes Anderson film, Bill Murray. I like that movie, actually. I haven't seen it in a long time. And so it's uh, it's been missed. It's missing. People don't know where the submarine is. And I think that's pretty terrifying if these people are have plunged all the way down and can't get up. What a horrible way to go. I saw some report where it's like the pressure of it, though, would make it so you just. No, I, I, I don't know. I don't know much about death. I don't because um, it's sad. But I just think as it's going down, they're going to they would have got picked up on a vibe. They would have picked up at some point being like, this doesn't feel right. And that thought of being like, I'm be crushed by, I don't like, you know, hundreds of feet of water pressure. And I just can't imagine that's a good deal. So look, there's gonna be a lot of jokes made about it. Uh, and I don't like, I'm probably going to laugh at a few of them, but I don't want to, I don't like, I don't like when people gang up on stuff like this, you know? Cause they might have a loved one out there who's going to see this. And it's, it's a weird story though. But I do have a theory. I do have my Titanic submarine theory. This is a lot of rich people on it. I don't know how many people in all. So this is where it might, the theory might have some cracks, but one of which is a Russian billionaire. And apparently he has some dipshit stepson who went to the Blink-182 concert and still made a post where it's like, I know this doesn't seem like the right time to go see Blink-182, but I think he would want me to go see Blink-182. And I remember being like, you just didn't need to make this post at all, right? You could have taken pictures of the concert, but you didn't need to share them to Instagram. You drip. Anyhow, so, okay, we got a billionaire on there. Everyone else on there is probably multi multi millionaires. If you're going to afford 200 grand submarine trip down to the, the you know the depths of the Atlantic to go see a ship that fucking uh, sank or sunk uh, over 100 years ago now, here's my theory: that submarine isn't missing. These people aren't missing. They're all alive. They're all faking their own death. This is one big group of people who, for whatever reason, had to fake their own death for certain reasons. You know what I mean? Maybe it was like, she wants to divorce me. It's going to take all my money. Or I, uh, I murdered some people back in the States and they're going to figure me out. Or uh, this Russian billionaire might be like, uh, Vladimir Putin's knocking on my door and he knows I, I like the Ukraines. I don't know, the Ukrainians. Uh, so I just feel like there's something about it where I'm like, this seems like the perfect, because it's a submarine. No one's really going to go too far down to look for it. Because it's so deep, it's the bottom of the, you know what I mean? No one knows the depths of the ocean around there. Uh, and it might be too dangerous of a rescue mission. So people are just going to assume, like, yeah, hey, that shit's gone. When really, maybe none of them even got inside. Maybe they're all scattered about in the world under new identities, change their hair, change their eyes, change their face, right? Maybe some implants were received by some people both in the penis area and the breast area, right? You're, you're going through a big thing. You got to mix it up a little bit. This is a new life for you. You know, you're like almost in witness protection, but you, by your choice. So if you're going to fake your own death, that's a pretty good way to do it. And using this dumb shit company 
is also pretty smart because they're so think about it. There was photos where the guy shows like the inside of it, how it's controlled. And he had like an Xbox controller from like 2006. It's there's just a lot of things where I'm like, Hmm. And now there's stories where it's like one of the people who worked for the company was like, this isn't safe. I shouldn't. A lot of it. It's fishy. It's and not because it's ocean related. It's fishy. Cause I don't trust it. So that's my theory. We'll be hearing more about this in the upcoming days. I could either be like more evidence leading my way to this big mass fake your own death type of situation, or it's going to be like, no, Joe, they're all dead and you're a fucking idiot for thinking otherwise. It could be one or the other. All right. Uh, thank you everyone for checking out the podcast for today. Help, help, hope you have a happy Wednesday, happy hump day. I will be in Cedar Rapids, Iowa. I should have said this at the beginning of the podcast at the Lucky Cat Comedy Club Friday and Saturday night. This Friday, uh, June 23rd and 24th, Friday and Saturday. I believe those are the dates. Um, yeah, 23rd and 24th in Cedar Rapids, Iowa. So come on out if you are in that area. I'd love to see you. Say hello. And I hope you guys have yourselves a great uh, rest of your week. Cheers to you and yours.